Hey guys, so glad that you would join us this evening for our discussion and our continued ongoing discussion on the book of Psalms. We're thankful to have this time together. I'm thankful that we could have a time of worship just in the middle of the week. Yes, it is the middle of the week in case you're wondering what day it is. It's Wednesday and we get to gather together. We just finished an exciting Easter and it was a huge weekend, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, a lot going on, but all at home. It was an Easter like we've never experienced before. It was strange. It was different. As we talked about last week, there was some grieving involved in how different it would be. But on this side of this year's celebration of Easter, I hope you can look back and see it was still an Easter worth celebrating. It was still a resurrection. It's still for us. He is still risen indeed, and it's exciting for us to look at. But Easter is not just a day for the Christian. Easter is not just a day for believers. Easter is a way of life. Easter is not just a season, but it's something we continue to do every day to celebrate that he is risen indeed for us. That's the the center of our faith is that Jesus conquered sin and death and the grave, and then he ascended into heaven. And we celebrate that because it's through doing that, and it's through the resurrection that we're able to claim a faith and hold fast to a Savior that did conquer the grave because he conquered sin and death for us. So tonight we're going to look at that excitement through the lens of Psalm 30. I'm going to read from the NIV. You can pull up your own version, you can follow along on the screen, or you you can read along however you see fit. But Psalm 30 gives us a great way to respond to Easter. For some people, Easter's a finish line. We fasted through Lent. We've gone through this season of abstinence and and withdrawal. And now Easter's over, so we can just get back to living our lives the same old way, pursuing the same old things. I don't think it's wise to consider Easter as a finish line. Easter is a way that we can break our fast, but we continue the celebration. We continue the growth. We continue the sanctifying nature that God is working on us and in us in response to Easter. So Easter was not a finish line. For many of us, Easter is a starting line. Many people have their first experience with church on Easter, and I don't think that's any different this year. Even though it is a digital experience, it's still an experience with salvation, an experience with God for the first time or in a new way, for the first time that we could understand it, we get to experience grace. And so we're not past Easter. We're not finished. The only thing that's finished is the work of the cross. And now the work of the resurrection continues to move forward in our lives. And we continue to live these lives of serving the Lord. We continue to pursue him in relationship. We continue to pray. We continue to worship. We continue to read the word that God has blessed us with to encourage us and teach us and rebuke us and correct us. There's so much available for us. So I would hope that in response to Easter, we wouldn't just settle back in. Because I know Monday morning happened and many of us were snapped back into reality. Or some of us are still crawling back into reality because we're still getting used to this new normal of, of working at home or being at home, just staying at home all the time. And it's probably starting to set in that it is normal. Some healthy habits have developed, some unhealthy habits have developed, but it's still something difficult for us to work through. It's still something new. And it's not something we necessarily chose And many of us would not prefer this season, but we're in it. So I wanted to look at a Psalm of David. And Psalm 30 is written by David, and he wrote it as a response to the call that God put on his life to write a song to be sung at the dedication of the temple. 
because David wanted to build this huge temple for the Lord, to honor the Lord, a place where he could be worshipped, something celebratory for God. But God would not let him stay around to see the temple be built. He still wanted him to write a song for it. And he kind of said, David, write this song to be sung at the dedication of the temple. But David's son Solomon was actually going to be the one who gets to build it. So David wrote this song in Psalm 30, and it was put to music. And it's kind of David's legacy. It's kind of a testament of what God has done through David's life in 12 short verses. And it points us to praise God for who he is. And it points us to continue in faith, to persevere in faith beyond the current situation we're in. And so there's four big things I want us to learn from Psalm 30. Four big things I want us to go through together in Psalm 30. So I broke it down into four sections, and we're going to read a few verses at a time. So if you'd join me in reading Psalm 30, verses 1 through 3. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths, and you did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. This is a great starting point for understanding what David's been through. And the big point here is that God is repeatedly faithful. God has been faithful in David's life, and he continues to show up for David and work for David in his life. Because God is faithful. And in David's life, we see ups and downs. We see times where he's had to hide in a cave because he had so many people chasing after him. We've seen times where he's been down and out, hopeless, where he's looked at the number of people against him and the number of people with him and realized that there is no future for him. But still, God has been faithful. God has been faithful to be lifting him out of the depths. He did not let his enemies gloat over him. When David was down, God healed him. And God brought him out of the pit, saved him from the pit. And he continues to do that over and over. There's the pattern. David calls and God answers. David needs and God meets that need. David lacks and God provides. God is continuing to show up for David. And I think this is true for us today. The reality is for us as Christians is we're going to experience times of grief and sorrow times of doubt and worry, times of loneliness, times where we have the odds stacked against us. I think those are are necessary in some ways for Christians, but I don't think they're the main primary thing in our faith, and those should not be the primary emotion we go through, because God redeems us from that, and God is faithful to meet us in that and to show up in that. Sadness and grief should never be primary. Being down and out should never be primary. So if you're in that season, I want you to look up to see what God is doing through that season. As we're in this season together where we're still grieving some things, we should be looking for what is God up to in this season because he's still our help. He still meets our needs. He is repeatedly faithful. And David kind of shows us how to move forward in those moments when we're down and out, when we're worried, when we have the odds stacked against us. If God is faithful, How do we respond to that? How do we show up to the fact that he's already shown up in our lives? And so we continue to read. uh, We'll read verses five through seven. And David writes, Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. 
but when you hid your face, I was dismayed. So we pause there. And I think the second point that we could see after seeing that God is repeatedly faithful, we should see that God is for us. That's a big deal to recognize that the creator of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, is for us as he was for David. He says here that his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. There is weeping and sadness that stays for the night, but joy and rejoicing comes in the morning. And this is kind of a thread we see in David's story, and this is a thread we see in David's lineage, is that there's sorrow at night, but joy in the morning. For David, he had sorrow at night. He, he fell into sin with Bathsheba, and he committed adultery, and then he had her husband killed, and then he took her as his wife. And the prophet Nathan came to David and said, God knows what you've done. You sinned in secret, but now it's known. Now it's public. And so God, God's going to punish you. And his wrath will come for the night. And your family will hurt for the night. But joy comes in the morning. And he said, God is going to take that baby from you. The baby's going to die. And David pleaded with God. He, he fasted and he waited and he cried out. And he worshiped and he praised and he prayed. Please don't take the baby. But then after a week of that, the baby died. And the next morning, David went to the temple and he worshiped. He began to eat. He broke his fast. And he continued to worship. He continued to pray. Just like he, he wrote here, the sorrow, the mourning, the, the grief, the sadness, the tears will last for the night, but there's joy when morning comes. There's this temporary darkness, but an eternal light in our lives. And to continue in David's lineage to Jesus on the cross, God's wrath was temporary and it was for a moment. And we see that as we just finished Holy Week, God's wrath was on the cross and it it was real and it was painful and it was dark. And we saw that for a moment, God was punishing the sin of man through his son, Jesus. And God's wrath was satisfied so much so that joy came in the morning when the women went to the empty tomb and recognized it was empty and Jesus came back and he is risen. So there's sorrow for a moment, but favor for a lifetime. There's sadness and weeping for a night, but rejoicing in a morning. So on the cross, the death of Jesus was enough to satisfy all the sadness and sorrow and grief. And the resurrection of Jesus is us experiencing the joy, the rejoicing, the mourning, the light, that comes with that. So a pattern in David's life, a pattern in Jesus's life, and now a pattern in the lives of believers. Because when we lean into Jesus, when we trust in him as our Lord and Savior, when we live a life surrounded by grace, filled with that grace, pursuing God, we get to see the joy in the morning. And like I said earlier, you know, grief and, and sadness and loneliness and hardship are things that we will experience and things that are necessary to grow our faith in so many ways but they aren't primary, they aren't permanent. What's permanent is the rejoicing in the morning. What's permanent is the joy that comes, and so we sing. Many of us would consider this season of pandemic as a season of darkness, of the sorrow that lasts for a night, a season where we have to grin and bear it or persevere, because it's a hard season. Even though we may not have to uh, put on new clothes every day, even though we don't have to interact with some of the people we're used to having to interact with, even though we have some more freedoms because we're at home, it's still difficult. It's it's still got us all out of whack. 
in some sort of new rhythm that we're still trying to find, even about a month later. But still, it's temporary. And there is joy on the horizon. There is rejoicing coming our way. And I would say God is still at work in this season. He's still doing amazing things to turn lives around. Because many people right now in this season are in seasons that David was in. Lonely, hopeless, lacking provision, not knowing where their help will come from. But the reality is their help comes from the Lord and he will show up. And he continues to show up in a season of weeping, sadness, depression, loneliness, hopelessness. So as we head towards rejoicing, what does that look like? So God is repeatedly faithful. God is for us. Let's look at this third point as we read verses 8 through 10. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. This, this next point, this third point is that God is listening. And God is listening for us to cry out. God is listening to hear our prayers. He's listening to the cries of our hearts. Even when we don't know what to say, he hears what we want to say. He hears what we're trying to say. He is listening. And so we will proclaim his faithfulness in that. If he is for us, then he's hearing what we need and he's meeting those needs. But what is gained if I am silenced? If I go to the pit, if I'm unable to praise you, will dust praise you? And David says that God will be praised, but what's it look like for us to be silenced today? What does it look like for us to be unable to praise? And I think this season is a very common season for us to not praise God, for us not to pursue our faith, to be disciples of Jesus, because it's a real easy season to be lazy. It's an easy season to be complacent. I read a quote from Jerry Bridges yesterday. That he says, when your bodies start to get soft and lazy, your spirituality becomes soft and lazy. And I know for many of us, this season of being at home, we're putting on the COVID-19 is what it's called because we're, we're baking a lot more or we're eating unhealthy or we aren't moving around as much because we don't have as much space to move around. And, and the weather's getting rainy and cold, so it's hard to go on long walks. It's hard to get a workout in. So our, bo- our bodies are getting soft and lazy. So will our spiritual life get soft and lazy as well? I think that's the challenge right now. If we're to be silenced, who will praise the Lord? What are things that could silence us? Laziness and complacency, sloth, giving in to temptation, pursuing old habits that God already conquered in us and for us, stepping back into old temptations, settling in for a normal that's not healthy. Our season can limit us. Our season can silence us. Or we could choose to worship and praise for the way he's providing for us. There are good things happening right now. The way he's meeting our needs. The way he's blessing us with a season that maybe is a little bit slower than we're used to. But it's the right speed that we need. So God is at work in our, se- in our season. And we can praise through it or we can settle in and be silenced. But David also says that we can cry out. I cried out for mercy. So maybe we're, we're doubting his faithfulness. Maybe we're worried about his provision. Maybe we're worried about his protection in our life in this season. We can cry out. Because sorrow does happen. Despair, weeping, wailing happens. And we can cry out to him and he will hear us. 
we can cry out and scream out and, and pray hard and he will show mercy to us because he is merciful and he will be my help is how David closes that. So God, God is repeatedly faithful and God is for us and we see his faithfulness for us and he's listening as we cry out. He's listening as we remain silent in our complacency, in our laziness, in our sloth. He's listening and watching as we're just choosing to pursue whatever satisfaction or passion meets our current need or want or desire. And he wants to be that need, want, and desire because he can really satisfy. So this is a season where we can seek him for satisfaction. This is a season where we can cry out through our suffering, our hopelessness, our despair. This is a season where we can see that there's there's this, there's sorrow in my life. Today was a hard day, but tomorrow there's a new one. There's rejoicing in the morning. There's new mercies tomorrow. And every day gets to be a gift for us. And then we get to our last response. If we know that we, we could be silenced by the season, we could choose to praise in this season. This is where David chooses to land and close out the psalm in verse 11 and 12. He says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Take that my heart may sing your praises and may not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. God is restoring us. That's our our last big thing. God is in the work of restoration and he is for us. So he is continually restoring us day by day. He takes our mourning and he turns it into dancing. You don't see a lot of dancing at funerals. You don't see a lot of dancing in cemeteries. When people are in periods of, of mourning, they don't often look very joyful. But what God does in restoration is he takes our season and he makes it new. To take someone who's in a season of mourning and, and allow them to dance a joyful dance. To take our, our weeping and turn it into laughing to take our sadness and turn it into hope. That's the God that we celebrate on Easter. That's the God of the resurrection every single day is a God who's restoring, who's making things new. That's the gospel for us is he's made all things new through the resurrection of Jesus. And so as we celebrate that he took my wailing into dancing, he removed my sackcloth and he clothed me with joy. A sackcloth is is a cloth of uh, lament, of sadness. Kind of like on Ash Wednesday, how we talk about covering ourselves with ash. God, have mercy on me. I've covered in dust. I'm a sinful man. Woe is me. Covered in sadness. Our sackcloth is this old, dirty rags, this beaten down, sinful attire. And what God does is he removes that and he clothes us with joy. He takes away all of that sin and he covers us in his righteousness. He takes away all of that disobedience and he makes us holy because he is holy. So he's restoring us to take us from darkness into light. And so we're made new. Our worst is changed into his best. He takes our worst away. He takes our old away. He takes our past away and he gives us a future. He gives us a a present that is worthy of his praise. And so we get to live those lives. We get to choose how we want to respond. As we look through Psalm 30 and we see that there's going to be times where we're in grief, where we're in sorrow. 
where we're in sadness, where we're wailing. Wailing isn't just some casual, oh, I don't, I don't feel happy today. Wailing is kind of a loud crying. It's uncontrollable. It's, it's guttural. It's deep of, oh, I can't control exactly how sad I am. But that's how beat down I am. And God shows up to turn it into joy. I think that's worth celebrating. That's worth not just keeping on one Easter Sunday, one experience a year. That's worth continuing to celebrate day in and day out. That's worth continuing to pursue and look more like every single day. Because we can still look like joyful people. We can still be joyful people. Even though we're not around people physically, our digital presence, our presence inside the walls of our home, inside our Zoom meetings, inside our Google Hangouts, inside our FaceTimes and our group texts, we can be joy because God has, has taken our situation and he's given us a, a permanence in hope. He's giving us something to claim today. We don't have to wait until different terms are lifted in the shelter in place. We don't have to wait until a vaccine shows up. We don't have to wait for the next thing to take care of us. We have hope today. We have joy today. We have all these great things available to us today because our heart gets to sing praises. We will not be silent. I will praise you forever. So my challenge is that we would press on to that new normal of praising God forever every single day. Would we praise him? Would we celebrate him? What does that even look like at home? I think we can continue to dive into the Psalms. We can dive into the Word. We're about to start a series on Philippians this coming weekend where we can dig deep into what does this look like for God to take people at their worst and give them all the joy they need. I think the response we have here is that honoring, worshiping, celebrating, praising God should be the very posture we live our lives with every day. They go beyond the resurrection on a Sunday and continue a resurrection every day. Because Jesus left the tomb and he gives us a resurrection as well. Paul says, oh, that I might know the power of his resurrection. I want to know what it's like to be made new. And that's what he's doing for me and for you. So in closing today, I want us to read through the 12 verses again together. You can read them on your own. You can close your eyes and listen to me read them. But I want you to hear that God is repeatedly faithful that God is for us and God is listening. And in all of that, God is restoring us. He's restoring me, he's restoring you. Because we need it, and what a blessing it is that he would repeatedly do that over and over and over, continue to show up to restore us. So let's close with reading Psalm 30, verses one through 12. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced? If I go down to the pit, 
Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me, Lord. Be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Let's pray. God, you are worthy of our praise forever. God, you continue to bless us. So we meet you right now in this place, in these places where we are gathered. Would you continue to show up for us? Would you continue to be on our minds and on our hearts? And would you show us how to praise you in this current situation that we're in? Would you show us how to praise you every day from our homes, from our new season? And as we don't have uh, the eyes to see what tomorrow looks like, would you give us the hope we need to follow you for each day that we're given? And as we continue to respond to Easter Sunday, to the resurrection of your son, Jesus, would you make grace prevalent in our lives? Would we see the weight of that grace that you've given us and not take it for granted? Would we celebrate that grace every day, that we were bought with a price that you paid? So God, we thank you so much for all the blessings that you give us. We thank you so much for making us new and in a season of grief, you bless us with joy and hope and, and a future and a purpose and a tomorrow. We're so grateful for the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus, and the grace you pour on us through him. And it's in his great name that we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We're glad that you guys are with us. In the comments below, let us know where you're watching from. We'd love to better connect with you. And if you're watching with us for the first or maybe the second time, pull out your phone and text the word NEW to 96995 because our pastors would still love to connect with you during the season. Hey, we also know that the generous mission of this church is continuing to move forward. So if you're joining with that generosity, maybe for the very first time, know there's three very simple ways to give. You can give online at our website. You can text the word give to 96995, or you can mail into our address. Hey, and the last thing we hope you guys join us with is we would love for you to share this video. And in this post, let us know what you are hoping for so that we can pray with you guys. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you guys soon.